listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. We are continuing on in our Rooted uh, sermon series. So if you're just joining us for the first time today, welcome. All of our cool stuff is online. But we have been going down this series about uh, being rooted and having deep roots that actually produce good fruit in the kingdom of God. And so uh, fast recap for us, Uh, we talked about digging your spiritual well before you're thirsty, that you should read God's word and study it and know it and put it upon your heart. So someday somebody else may need to draw off of your well of your biblical resources that that God has, or biblical knowledge that God has put in that. But you also may need to draw off of that well. And so that we should always be digging our spiritual well before you're thirsty. Many of you have joined us in our online devotionals, and I'm really proud of it. You can feel the, 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 the kind of the movement of a church as it starts to dive into God's word at an even deeper level. And I'm really proud of all of you guys for doing that. We talked about prayer and that prayer is not a life. It's not an event. It's not something we just do when and we're in times of tragedy or right before a meal or right after a meal or any of those things, that prayer becomes a lifestyle, that you live a lifestyle of communication with your Father in heaven in prayer. And we talked about different kinds of prayer. We talked about uh, returning to the path that some of us may have gotten off of the path that God has for us. And we talked about teshuva and that you would return to the path that God has, choosing to consistently choose to change back to God's path. Uh, Adam preached about being rooted in worship and that worship is not prompted by how we feel, but by who God is. We talked about being rooted in community. This church talks about community all the time. We just launched, I think, two new life groups this week that went through the seven weeks of being together and now they're launched out into their own home. So you have two new groups, 20, 25, 30 new people that are gonna start doing life together and understanding God's word better together. Amen? That's like a celebration. That's like people just choosing to be in community. And so that you are designed, you're not designed to do life alone from the very beginning. We're designed to be in a community that is rooted in practicing uh, the value of forgiveness. And uh, we like to step on each other's toes enough that we have the opportunity to practice that often here at this church. I get the opportunity to practice it. We also, but what does it look like to have a heart of forgiveness? And why is that critical to being rooted and for your, to have good fruit in a community? Last week, we talked about being a good steward And it wasn't so much like a tithe or give money to the church type sermon. Uh, It was that God is enough. And our view of God is a God who is a God of abundance, not of scarcity. That this is a God who provides enough, who has always provided enough before recessions, before politics, before all of these things, before you lost your job, before you got your new job, before you had your degree, that he's been a God who provides since the beginning. And we need to trust in his provision. Today, we're going to talk about being generous. I want you to, to remember this phrase, go and do likewise. Say it with me. Go and do likewise. This is uh, what Jesus is going to command us to do when we look at being generous. He says, go and do likewise. My heart as a pastor for this church, as a servant, is to lead us, to lead by example myself, but to lead us into leaning into God's plan that he has for the people on the Palouse. And it takes all of these things that I just listed about being rooted to produce good fruit in addition to what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to dive right into the text today. We're going to be in Luke chapter 10, verse 25 through 37. And we're going to talk about the parable of the good Samaritan. Now, parables have lots of different faces. If you've ever read one once, you're like, I got it. Don't need to read that again. Like false, like reading it, reading it with the new eyes. 
and reading it uh, in context and understanding it and, and understanding the pieces. So today, we're not going to talk about how the Samaritans were like the sworn enemies of the Jews. We're not going to talk about what a Pharisee is or what a Levite is or this path. Or, we're going to talk about, I want you to look at this parable through the eyes of generosity. And to set this parable up, uh, the Pharisees of the law are talking to, to Jesus and they're like, hey, what, what do I got to do to get into the kingdom of heaven? What's the one thing, do singular, what's the one thing I got to do to get into the kingdom of heaven? So on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, being the amazing rabbi he is, he answers a question with a question and says, hey, what is written in the law? Expert of the law. He's an expert of the law, this Pharisee. Hey, and by the way, he replied, how do you read it? Oh, you mean you could read it differently? Yeah, but how do you read it? I want to know how you read it. How do you see this? And he answered, the Pharisee answered, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength and with all of your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Well, you've answered correctly. Ding, ding, ding. Winner, winner, winner. Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. And so he asked Jesus this question. Who is my neighbor? Who do I have to love? Who do I have to care for? Which one is it? The right people that vote the right way. By the way, you should vote this week. It's voting week. Vote or vote or don't complain. No, uh, but it's time to vote. You can vote. Um, but who do, who do I who do I hang out with? Like, who who is it? Who is my neighbor? And Jesus goes on to tell a story. Now, remember, we're viewing this through the eyes of generosity. I want you to be thinking about the things that you're seeing through the eyes of generosity. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. Super common. They stripped him of his clothes, which means they kind of took everything that he had. Clothes were valuable. Beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Whole another point on if he's dead or alive, which has bearing on this, but not how we're viewing it today. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw that man, he passed by on the other side. So he recognized someone with a need that might have been dead, that was naked, which is kind of weird. And he recognized that there was something going on there. And he's like, oh, I'm going to get my hands dirty with that. And so he passes by. And so to a Levite, when he came to this place, he saw him. He recognized the need that was going on, and he saw him, and guess what he did? He passed him by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, so a Samaritan, the person who didn't vote the same way you're going to vote this week, the person who doesn't believe the same things that you believe, the person that's, this, this person that's, that's not probably got it going on like we do, a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and he saw him. So he, you see the point? Like, we're seeing it. Like, we see the needs that are around him. He sees this person. 
He took pity on him. He had compassion on something. Something tugged on his heart as he walked by for a naked person who was beaten and didn't have care for what he was needing. And that's weird that that would tug on the heart of a Samaritan. Wouldn't that be weird that that would tug on the heart of a Christian? Like when you're watching the sad dog video on TV and you see the dogs in the cage and you have compassion because you don't want dogs to die. And there's something that's pulling on your heartstrings when you see that. Well, there was something that pulled on this Samaritan's heartstrings in this story. So not only just did he see and not and just feel bad for it, but he went to him and he bandaged his wounds. He got his hands like dirty in the ministry of taking care of somebody. He didn't just pay somebody else to do it. He physically went over there and bandaged wounds. Christians run into uh, trauma and terror all the time. And they get their hands dirty. They, they, they give generously with their hands and actually getting involved in people's lives. And then he also pour, uh, pouring out oil and wine. He takes things that are valuable to him and takes care of this person with the things that he values. He transfers that value to this person. And then he got really uncomfortable and he put the man on his own donkey. He gave him, he, he got, he, so that means, I don't know if he had two, it doesn't say, but he put the man on his own donkey and so now he's not on his donkey. And he's got to walk. He brought him to an inn and then just dropped him off and left him. No, no. He brought him to the inn where there's hospitality, where he shows hospitality and he takes care of him. The need is gone beyond, oh, I'm so sorry for that. I hope somebody else does something about it. To actually getting his hands dirty, becoming unclean of a bloody person that might have been dead, using his own resources to take care of this person, using his own car to take him to a place to get healed and to get cared and actually takes care of him there. But it doesn't end there. Then the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Now he's all the way into his pocketbook. The generosity went from acknowledgement to, from his hands to his stuff all the way into his actual pocketbook of money. And he gave him to the innkeeper and he said, look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Jesus says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So that's the sermon for today. Go and do likewise. Go and see where the needs are in your community and take care of people. Get your hands involved in that when there is no... What, was the, what is the, the great reward for this Samaritan in this story? What is he getting out of it? We don't know. We don't know what he's getting out of it or why. He's just doing what he feels called to do as he sees God moving in people's lives and when people are hurting. So what did the Samaritan give? Number one, he gave compassion. 
He saw a need and he was aware of the needs of those around him. Do we have our heads up? Are we aware of the needs that are around us? Or am I aware of the need right in front of me, what I'm lacking? Are we aware of the needs around us? Or am I looking more for the needs around, around me than I am looking for my own needs? Ooh, I didn't like that question. Not when I think about it, not for myself. I don't, it always bothers me when I ask myself really good questions before the sermon and then don't like it. God's resources are plentiful. And, it's, and, and are we not the stewards of his resources? Did that guy use the wine and the oil and the bandages to take care of somebody? Did he not use the donkey that God gave him? Did he not use the money that God gave him to take care of someone else? He actually did physical care, second thing. More than a sad look or I feel bad for him, he went to him and bandaged his wound and poured oil and wine on them, actually physically taking care, care of someone. Transportation, he got out of his own comfort zone and he walked while his donkey labored and took that man for help. He's probably busy. He probably had something really important to go to. That probably wasn't even on his schedule. Do you know how some of the most generous things that happen in your life aren't even on your schedule? They're not even like, it just, the Lord, he's like, do you see it? And you're like, kind of. I was coming to work a couple weeks ago and this poor guy uh, uh, on Mountain View and um, Palouse, I was, I was coming to work. I was cutting it close. I was very busy. I'm pastor, church, super busy. Coming to work and I drove past this guy and he had yard sale, a bunch of his stuff on the road there, right on the corner. And um, I was like, I was like, I'm going to be late for my meeting. Pull over, get out. Hey, bad, bad Monday. He's like, it's Tuesday. I was like, oh, I guess I didn't even know what day it was. <laughs> Start picking stuff. Like, it is yard sale. Though. I'm like helping him pick stuff up. I don't even know what they were. Picking stuff up, trying to get it back. And he's like, man, thanks for stop helping me out. I'm like, no problem. Got to go. Don't talk. I want to talk to you about Jesus, but no, I'm too busy. I forgot to talk to him about Jesus. But I was, I was seeing things, and I wanted to take care of my neighbor. Who's my neighbor? Well, he doesn't go to our church. I don't know what his political views are yet. doesn't matter. I know that God calls him a very treasured possession. That God has a high value on his people. Fourth thing is he gave, uh, the Samaritan gave hospitality and time. He took him to an inn, but also cared for him there. He gave up this precious resource called his time. Most people at the end of their lives don't wish they would have made an extra 50 grand. They wish that they had more time. And so he gave up his time. And then again, at the very end, he gave up his money and promised to even give more if there was if it was necessary. So today, as we talk about being generous, I'm going to open up the, the, the eyes of what happens in our church on finances and all those things and how things work for us. And if it's your first time here, you're like, dang it, it's a money sermon. You know, sorry, but I talk about this at least once a year. But it's more than a money service, isn't it? Was that just a money sermon? Did we just see just money stuff with the Good Samaritan or do we see more? We saw a lot more. Is our God not more than money? He is so much more than money. So just for definition's sakes, a tithe is one-tenth of the annual produce or earnings taken for support of the church or clergy. Is what a tithe is. And so I'll tell you my tithing story. I was a new Christian um, broke insurance commission sales guy. And my mentor is like, Josh, you should tithe. I was like, what's that? It's like, you should give 10% to the church that you go to wherever that is. All right. 
Is that off the net or the gross? He's like, I don't care. And not only did he just mentor me to tithe, but I watched him. I observed him being more generous than tithing. So like ever since then, even when he had nothing, and he's like, oh yeah, and it's not of your leftovers, it's the first fruits. I'm like, what, we're eating fruits? New Christian, what do you mean first fruits? Ah, it's at the beginning. So, but like, what if I don't have enough for the bills? He's like, that's why you have faith. That's why God provides for things. So it comes off of the top at the first beginning. I don't care about the net or gross. I was like, okay. So dummy me, that's just what I've been doing since 19, whatever, uh, 1999, 2000. It's like 10%, whatever. Had a minimum, didn't even, th- you have to give me like the, was that Old Testament or New Testament? Like there's no talking me into it. I was just like, okay, I trust you. Sure. Simple, wherever I'm going. So that's the tithe. Leviticus 27, verse 30 says, A tithe is everything from the land, whether grain or from the soil or fruit of the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So it's not even yours. And then there's this thing called an offering, which is over and above your tithe. And so offerings are like, for example, um, I got to go to a Plus Care Network benefit dinner, and my wife and I were really impacted by that. And uh, so we, that's one of the organizations that we give an offering to over and above our, our tithe. I was doing math this morning to make sure I wasn't a big liar. Uh, Carrie and I give away 16.5% of any money that comes to us. 13.5% to the church because we want to be more than tithers and then 3% out into the community to other things that, that we're impacted by. And we're trying to grow in our giving. As we mature more, we should give more. I, I like as I continue to grow as a pastor, and I'm not really here, but in the insurance world, I learned how to give and be more generous. So that's just how I do it. I'm just telling you how I work and how I see it in the text. I could, I could justify it in the text. Actually, 10% is a good deal for me because I read Acts and I was like, 10%. Good. Good 10%. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so uh, we wanna, one of the things that we do at our church is we try and steward our resources well, and, and I'll talk to you about that. Uh, but the main resource and the most precious possession that God has is you guys, and we're trying to learn how to steward our people well, to love well, to forgive well, to understand well, to fight for a relationship well. We're trying to do, learn how to do this. Our church operates from October to October on a fiscal year. And so typically churches count things like, like, uh, like how many people are sitting in your church and how much money do you have and how many baptisms that you had and you know, how do they fit in with your mission and vision. So here's the cool thing. Let me tell you some things about our church. Our vision is to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. We had 56 baptisms in the last 12 months that I know of because some of you people were baptizing without telling me. No, just kidding. 56 in a minimum. Yeah, that's like, that's like LSU just beat Alabama and we storm the field and we're like, woo yeah, 56. Yeah. Or whatever the game was that you watched yesterday that was good. But like we, like, like that's the victory, right? 56 people are choosing Jesus and choosing to learn how to follow Jesus. And are getting engaged with, 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 with his people and engaged with his text and engaged in prayer and like being transparent and real. And, like, and if it was one, I'd do the same celebration. It's more fun to do 56. But, it was, but if it was one, it's like, it's totally cool. There's 17% more of you here than, you, than there were last year. Yeah, like 17% more people are like, hey, I like our life. Um, cool stuff. Um, we, we grew in our life groups, and we started some more new life groups last year. Um, 
our giving went backwards, but I don't really care. Like God knows exactly what we need. I do care, but I like, I don't use it as a judgment piece, but like, okay, whatever. God knows exactly how much this church needs. And it's not just the money, but it's you as individuals here serving and loving and showing who God is. It's your money too, but it's everything. So here's the little graphics. Where does this money come from? You crazy church. Where do you get your money? Let's take a look at the graphic. Number one here. 86% of the resources that come into real life on the Palouse come from tithes and offerings. So some people in here are partners of our church. And when you became a partner of our church, you signed your paperwork and you were like, yep, I believe in what we're doing. I'm going to be part of the mission and vision. I'm going to attend on Sunday when I'm in town. I'm going to find a place to serve. I'm going to get in a life group and I'm going to tithe. And that's what you say. Like, I signed that? Yeah, you did. (laughs) Like, So we have people that are church that are tithers. There's 36 families in our church that provide 50% of the giving, which is kind of interesting because you're like, oh, you got a big church. 36 families provide 50% of the giving. And so we have tithers and offers. Then we have this thing called mall profit. Do you know that Real Life was blessed to purchase this entire mall from the old wingers to uh, the US Bank to Safeway to Dollar Tree, all of this, like we're in the Sears space right here that used to be Sears. And so we have this mall and the mall can make money on occasion. And uh, we get some resources from the mall that we get to use for ministry. Amen? Yes. And so part of that, you know why we, how we got the mall? We had generous people here in 2014 that helped us buy the mall, right? A resource that continued to. So part of that comes in. We also pay our, uh, some of our fees and stuff so we can partner with the other tenants. We don't make the tenants pay all the fees because we are a tenant. And so we pay fees. So it kind of, it's weird. It magically uh, matches out to about 6%. So... But we pay, we pay that, we pay a portion of that. And then we have savings withdrawal, so we'll have some savings and sometimes we'll plan on like, okay, we didn't make it, doesn't matter. We've been good stewards of our resources. We're not here to build a big pile of money, but we'll withdraw money out of savings for stuff, okay? Um, and then other would be like interest on that. Now, where does this money get spent? Next graphic. All right, 55% of the money that comes into this church goes into, and I fight this a little bit, but goes into ministry, Strictly just ministry. That's our life groups, our next generation, which is our kids and our youth. That's our services and events like this thing. That's our counseling folks. That's our restoration night. Get the restoration night, people. Always the loudest because you know, you know, right? Uh, restoration night, our volunteers, and it includes all of our pastoral staff. So any staff member with the, last, with the title of pastor is included in that because we believe that people make disciples, not programs. And so we have, like, how many people have been impacted by somebody on our staff at our church ever? That's good. A couple. No. Uh, that's great. Right? The impact. How many people has, some, has a staff member spent more than, like, an hour with you? Wow. Like, we have people investing into others. So that's a big chunk of what, it, what happens. And then 35% is operations. And I didn't really like that number because I was like, that seems kind of high. Like, what are we doing? We do own a mall which is, has other things that we have to oversee and all those things. But that also includes all of our administrative staff. And somehow Gus and Garrett, the people who run the audiovisual pieces of this thing, they don't have the title of pastor, but their salary is also in that. So if you ever watch this online and you're like, oh, that's pretty good ministry, that's because of Gus and Garrett and our volunteer team. And so they would be considered, yeah. And all of our volunteers. So they kind of fit in our operate. They're just overhead. No, um, <laughs> No, they're disciple-making machines, um, but they don't have the title of pastor, and so that's why that resource goes there. And then this last part, we're a church that teaches that you should tithe. Well, that's crazy. You know what our church does? 
We tithe. We take 10% of all of this monies that come into this church and we get it out of our ministries, out of our hands, out of our stuff, and we get it out into the community to other organizations that we're like-minded with, that we're passionate about. So one of the things that happened is we, uh, uh, we now, our Thrive Learning Center, the daycare that's here, is part of the church's ministry. It wasn't a year ago, but now it's actually part of the church's ministry. Um, and we are investing in that. And they'll have a grant that goes away, I think, in June for about 10 grand that they've been getting. And we'll probably pick up, pick up some of those funds to help the daycare. The daycare has had up to six people at one time that were scholarshiped. So two of them right now are single moms that are able to go back to school because you and I are scholarshipping and people were scholarshipping them to be able to have their kids get taken care of so they can go and get education. So 29 kids, yeah. There's 29 kids at Thrive Learning Center. And we have some of the best staff uh, a part of Thrive Learning Center. So that's a piece of, 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 it used to be outreach. Now it's part of us. It'll be in our next year's slides. Uh, but the other thing is just getting the money out of us. So today, uh, what happened is I got to the end of the, the year with Kathy, our, our executive over finance. I'm like, how do we do on our tithing? Because sometimes our needs go up and down. I think last year we sent nine people to rehab. This year we sent six. So nine times three is $27,000. This year was only six. And so I'm like, did we make it to the 10% that we say we're giving? Because it comes in waves for us. And so we hadn't made it to the 10%. And I was like, well, that's not our money. And so our elders got together and we make decisions, anything over $5,000, the elders get involved in. And we make a decision. We're like, okay, well, we're out of alignment with what we say we're doing. And we want to make that right. So we need to move some cash out. And so today I want to invite up uh, Amy from uh, Palouse Care Network. Come on up, Amy. And bring up some of the folks that go to our church that work for Palouse Care Network. Um, and these folks are involved in our church, but they also serve at this nonprofit and they're employed there. We have K.O., Sherry, Char- Charlene, and Kelly. All of these folks work for Palouse Care Network. Now, here's the cool thing about Palouse Care Network. We have partnered with Palouse Care Network before I ever got here. They used to have one facility in Moscow, and it was before Amy was a CEO. They used to have one facility in Moscow, and we all partnered at $500 a month. Guess what they have now? Two facilities. Twice as much opportunity, praise God. Yep, two facilities. And they have another one in, uh, in Pullman. So why don't you tell us, and give me the 60-second the, the version of what Palouse Cameron does, because it's so much more than I thought from our, our dinner we had. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, okay. first, I just wanted to say thank you. It is a truly an encouragement to be here this morning and witness what a generous congregation you are and all the ways that you are getting your hands dirty. Um, Blues Care Network is a faith-based nonprofit, and we believe in the dignity of every human life from conception to natural death. Our mission is to promote a culture of life on the Palouse um, through a network of services that empower healthy relationship decisions. And the way that we do that is through these two different organizations that we operate. One is our medical clinic called Wish Medical, and we provide free pregnancy testing and ultrasounds, um, STD testing, STI testing, and treatment, women's and men's reproductive health exams, abortion pill reversal, and recently we just added uh, fertility support for those who are struggling with infertility or repeated uh, miscarriages. 
And then we also, and we also do community um, education as part of that. So education out on the college campuses as well as in many of the local public schools. Um, and then our other organization is called LifeBridge, and that is our social service arm. Um, we have a parenting resource center that has all kinds of physical resources like diapers and clothing from infant through 5T, maternity clothes, cribs, strollers, formula, um, and then a whole host of parenting classes. We have a number of support groups like sexual abuse recovery, pornography recovery, post-abortion recovery, um, miscarriage and pregnancy loss support. Um, we have a certified life coach, whom you might know, KO. And, um, and we have um, a certified uh, a licensed professional counselor who sees children um, as young as four all the way through adults. So much, it's so much more than, than what I thought it was. And I going to the dinner this last year, I was very moved and I'm super proud of the organization, super proud of all the things the organization has overcome with you being uh, given the opportunity to be the CEO in an exciting time um, and all of these things. So we're super proud to partner with this organization. And so what our elders decided to do as we were looking at our, our resources, since they have two facilities, we thought we should double what we're giving them every month. And so Real Life on the Palouse is going to double our giving uh, to you guys on a monthly basis. And then also we happen to have, uh, so that's, that's part of our tithe, right? And then also uh, we happen to have a chunk of money as well that we wanted to hand to you guys as well. And so uh, Real Life on the Palouse gets the privilege, all of you guys, thank you guys for your generosity to support this organization. We're going to give them a check for $18,000 uh, to help support what they're doing. And so I just want to thank you guys. Uh, thank you guys for all the hard work that you're doing. We are truly partners in ministry and partners in reaching the world for Jesus 1% of time. I am so proud and honored to partner with you guys. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. I'm so excited to see what God does with your generosity. And thank you for sharing um, Charlene and Sherry and Ko and Shelly with us. Part of the reason I know you're a fantastic con- congregation is because I get to work with these incredible people. So thank you. Thank you. better to give than it is to receive. It feels so good to be plugged in. Here's the cool thing. We don't just give money to these guys. Uh, last in our surf fest, I got to go cut down some of their trees at their, at their Moscow place. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but we like, did a surf fest at their place and actually took care and cleaned up the, the building and took uh, loads of trash out of there and did some other things. And so this is part of who real life is, is we're outside of ourselves. We do good things here as well. So why would being rooted and generosity as an individual or an organization matter. Organization matter. It is truly just who our God is. We serve a generous, generous God. It's at the core of Jesus' ministry of loving God and loving others. We love them with our time. We love them with our compassion. We love them with our treasure. We are identified as Christians because we're generous. It's who we are. It's who our God is. We are trying to be like him. In closing, before we get ready for communion here, you want to be like Jesus? You want to be rooted and have deep roots and good fruit? Learn the concept of generosity in all areas of your life. We were having this debate in our sermon club and discussions and like, okay, well, what about the college student who works at a coffee shop and makes $300 a month? Josh, do you think they should tithe? and be generous with their resources. I'm like, yeah, it'd be a great thing to learn when you aren't making very much money. 
because it transitions to, doesn't matter if you're a CEO and you're making $300,000 a month. And you ever notice in Jesus' stuff, it's not about the amount? You ever read the widow's might? You ever read that he doesn't care about the dollars that God could bury this church in gold bricks tomorrow if he wanted to? It'd be very heavy. It's not about the dollars. He is always constantly trying to get at your heart. And he knows that you're going to put time, energy, and effort. And he wants to know that he has the first part of your heart, the first part of generosity with your tithes and with your offerings. He even says it when he's doing the woes to the Pharisees in Matthew 23. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. He's giving them spankings. He says, you hypocrites, you actors. See, you give a tenth of your spice and your mint and your dill and your cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law. Justice. Mercy. And faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You should do both. You should be generous and always as you walk. You should have compassion to see where people are and actually use your resources to take care of them. Your time, your energy, your effort, your donkey, your money, it's all the Lord's. And so I would just ask you, partner with us as we continue to partner with the kingdom of God. If you're thinking that this is a place that you would want to partner with, we're going to have a connect class after second service, which is already planned, where you can find out. Is this, is this, do we do everything perfect with every dollar? I don't think so. We're doing the best that we can to be generous and outside of ourselves and do God's good work here as he calls us to do this. But maybe we're a place that you could partner with. If you want to find out more about Palouse Care Network, they'll be out there by one of the silver tables and they have some brochures. You know what they need also besides our money? You. Volunteers, and especially you men, dudes. I always hear that there's a need for men to be there, to meet with the dude who's trying to figure out what's going on and how he's going to handle his future, his new responsibilities. And so to be there and to be engaged and serve with your time and treasure there, serve with your time and treasure here. Don't practice the latter without neglecting the former. Go and do Likewise, we're going to take this time to go to communion. We get the privilege of celebrating communion every week. So you should have grabbed one of these if you're a regular here and you would know that. If you didn't grab communion, I have great news for you. We have some fabulous folks walking down the aisles here and you can raise your hand and they'll get you communion. We're going to hold this together and we're going to uh, take it all together as we think about generosity. Is there any act that has ever been more generous in your life than the act that we are going to remember right now? The act of Jesus Christ, our Lord, to come down onto this earth and to die the way that he died and rise again and that we remember that that there is nothing more generous than this. There is no dollar amount. There's no amount of time. There's nothing more generous than than our Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't know who Jesus is and you're like, I came to some church service, I got sucked into there, I want to find out about these crazy people who want to be generous and who want to change the world, I would love to talk to you about that. If you have questions about your faith, I would love to talk to you about that or any of our folks, your neighbor probably could talk to you about that. But the time is now. The time is now. It's never too late to start being generous. It's never too late to be irrationally generous with what God is doing in our own lives. Because 
for a lot of us, we're like, this seemed a little irrational that you gave your son to, for us. That you gave it all. But he did. Being rooted in who God is means being rooted as a generous person in every aspect of your life. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took that bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke and he said, this is my body and this is for you. It is everything. It is all of me. It is everything that I have. It is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember what Jesus did for us. And the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it. And remember to me, he gave his blood. He gave his everything for us. Let's remember him. Father God, I just thank you as we got a chance to come to your table to remember that you are always enough and to remember that you held nothing back from us. Your provision is complete. Dollar amounts and commas and all those things, they don't make a hill of beans difference without you in it. And we want you in everything that we're doing. Help us to change the world. Help us to reach the world for Jesus. One person at a time, right where we live. Who is it this week, Lord? Are our eyes up? Are our eyes open? Would we be prepared to give an answer for who you are and how generous you have been? Where this week are you going to show us this version of somebody who's beaten and battered and robbed and has nothing left? It may not be financially. It may be in their heart and in their spirit. Would you please reveal that to your people this week? And would you please reveal it so clearly that it causes us to act in compassion with all of our resources that we would move towards looking like you look in your abundant generosity. You're such a generous God. We praise you. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.